The opinions and viewpoints expressed in .NET Rocks are not necessarily those of its sponsors or of Microsoft Corporation, its partners, or employees. .NET Rocks is a production of Franklin's Net, which is solely responsible for its content. Franklin's Net, training developers to work smarter. Rockheads, it's the .NET Rocks Visual Studio 2010 Road Trip with guest Scott Stanfield, recorded live in Redlands, California, Thursday, April 22, 2010. Carl and Richard are hitting 15 cities in three weeks, recording a new show every day. Follow them in real time online at .NET Rocks.com slash road trip. The .NET Rocks Visual Studio 2010 Road Trip is brought to you by a handful of sponsors, including the following gold sponsor, Telerik. Deliver more than expected online at www.telerik.com. Preemptive Solutions, powered by Runtime Intelligence, online at preemptive.com. And Redgate Software, ingeniously simple tools, online at red-gate.com. Special support is being provided by the Microsoft Visual Studio team, the Windows Phone 7 team, and the Bing team, who developed the Road Trip Tracker application in Silverlight 4. And now, here's Carl and Richard interviewing Scott Stanfield in Redlands, California. Hey, Redlands! Welcome to .NET Rocks! I have never seen more people in my life. It's a, this is an amazing facility. This is crazy. It's yes. gorgeous. Beautiful facility. There are lots of wood. And uh, where are we? Redlands, California. Redlands, California. This is near San Bernardino, Loma Linda, Riverside. It's in the Inland Empire. Mm-hmm. I know because I used to live in Loma Linda. Right. And uh, my first daughter was born at, at Redlands Hospital. Yeah. Let's hear it for Redlands Hospital. Yeah, definitely. No, it's a good place. So, uh, do we have any announcements before we get on with the show? Just uh, keep, we got lots of tweets going on. Use yep. the hashtag, hash DNR underscore road trip right. to talk to us during the road trip. And of course, go to rocks.com slash road trip and, uh, and watch the show. Uh, watch follow the, us with Follow the, us with the crazy app that the Bing guys helped get us, get built for right. us. There's a, probably the only real Silverlight 4 application you'll see on the internet that people are using for something is, uh, and I don't know if that's true, but, First one I've seen, and it's, it's uh, disturbingly mesmerizing. What's really weird? I mean, I'm used. I'm I'm okay with the idea that there's people out there in the world who've got this thing running on one of their screens or off in the corner, watching us as we drive. But I'm watching myself. You know, inside the inside the RV, we've got wireless internet running all the time, and I'm actually watching. Hey, look where we are! And then I look outside. Apparently, we're actually there. So if so, you go to the road trip page here, and then you click on this Silverlight on Terrasis dot com slash road trip uh dnr underscore road trip there it's a silver life 4 application and it tracks us and you can see uh i know that the listening audience can't see this but you can go there and check it out too there's a little time slider that you can move back in time if you want to see what happened on the entire road trip and then you can turn on layers like show the history which shows our points along the way where the gps unit uh, fired up some points. And then there's the whole Twitter side of it. And tweets. So all the cool? tweets that are happening. Yeah. It's all done with Bing Maps and Silverlight 4. We weren't tweeting. That's the whole thing. Is anybody who tweets with our hashtag, it shows up uh, at the point closest to where it was when they, when they tweeted. So you know sort of what people were talking about as we were traveling. Yep, That's so- the idea. And it's working pretty well. Oh, that's Las Vegas. That's not where we are. I'm zoomed in way too far. Okay. Well, anyway, I'll zoom out a little bit and you'll just uh, have to take my word for it. So, uh, yeah. And also we have videos up on YouTube. If you search for Carl Franklin or for the hash, same 
key, uh, tag hash DNR underscore road trip. You'll find those. There's Flickr photos that the whole community is posting with that same tag, with that same tag. Mm-hmm. Uh, yep. And uh, also my Facebook page, uh, Carl Franklin. You can friend me there. We just have, we're just having a lot of fun. We're all over. Yeah. All right. So it's my absolute pleasure to introduce to you Scott Stanfield from Vertigo Software. Uh, there's not, there's so many things I can say about Scott. I'm just going to have to let him. Say, uh, just introduce himself and, and tell you about the awesomeness that he's experienced in the last, oh God, 10 years, I think it's been. It's been a while. Yeah. yeah. Good evening, guys. Welcome, Hi, Scott. Hi, Redlands. Hey. <laughs> so for, for your listening audience, they, they can't see that massive pastrami grinder that's oh, on the table God. just feet away <laughs> from Colton, California. That uh, was my that you was stepped my goal. out of the limousine. You said, where can I go get a pastrami sandwich? Yeah. I used to live here, and I happen to know where the best pastrami sandwich in the Inland Empire is. It's at Canyon Cottage in Colton. Well, as it turns out, we don't have good smoked or cured meats like that up in Northern California. Yeah, it's a knew? good enough reason to come down here. Hmm. Who knew? Yeah, Hop on an airplane, come down here, get a sandwich, fly yeah. back. Well, that's pretty much how it's going to work. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, yeah, but this place, ESRI, this is awesome. Who knew there was so much money in mapping software? Yeah. This is amazing. This is a gorgeous place. There's, a, there's a great take on it. Okay. <laughs> what? It's that's a, a beautiful place. It's a beautiful place, a beautiful building, and in a phenomenal auditorium. So, yeah. yeah. So, did anybody watch the Olympics? Did Lots any, of hands. Uh, almost everybody. Did anybody watch the Olympics on their computer? I guess About a good half, maybe, maybe a third. Yeah. Did anybody watch the uh, Sunday Night Football on their computer? Just a, a few, few hands. March Madness. Wow! Every single hand just went up. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, what about the inauguration of President Obama on your computer? Well, not a, a few. Not a few. A few. Seems and like the Olympics was really got where people watched, watched a lot of I don't of think Olympics. you could avoid it. It was 17 days. Yeah. And it was awesome. So Scott's hey, good for you guys, the Canadians. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's right. How about that, huh? I'm Little from buddies. Vancouver, for those who don't know. So it was my, it was my town, and we were all pretty proud of it. We yeah, very, really very much. Richard, but the reason I brought that up is because Scott's company, Vertigo Software, wrote the Silverlight player that you use on your computer to watch and interact with all of those events, including the Olympics for NBC. Give him a big hand. That's just a huge, huge deal. Yeah, as it turns out, Silverlight's pretty cool. Turns you know? out. Yeah, as it turns out. And it's also, uh, I want to tell you guys, we just announced today that for the work we did for NBC Sports for Sunday Night Football, we've been nominated for an Emmy. No kidding. Wow. That's crazy. Uh, we fly to, we fly to New York City on t- uh, Monday. We'll find out Monday night. And, you know, that just leaves, if we get the Emmy, that just leaves a Grammy, a Tony, <laughs> and an Oscar and an Oscar and then you can and then we're home. done you're yeah. done no it's pretty cool we don't we don't get a chance to um, in our in our industry in the software world there's very few chances of, or opportunities for, for recognition for what we do and a, a very long list of people at Vertigo and Microsoft and NBC that spent a lot of time mm-hmm. on that project to make it successful and so I'm very proud of them and we just mm-hmm. announced it today so we'll see if we win we're up against four other very talented uh, applications it's funny if you look at the nomination form it's something like new ideas in sports like maybe this internet thing might catch yeah, on new ideas <laughs> yeah it's it's an old school broadcast thing and right, honestly right. you'll probably learn more about the daytime soap emmys than you will about the sports emmys but yeah. however it's a, it's pretty significant it weighs two and a half pounds wow yeah, which I mean, is which is yeah. not yeah so around a gold chain necklace that'd be pretty little, little heavy. Heavy. be nice yeah yeah, yeah. So also, <laughs> so also, uh, Hard Rock Cafe. Tell us what you did for them. Um, so we, I don't know how many of you guys have seen the Hard Rock Deep Zoom memorabilia site that we built. Yeah, oh, yeah a lot. A it's hands, it's yeah. now part of the shipping criteria for Silverlight. There's like yeah. several apps that have to work with it, and that's one of them, which is pretty flattering. Hmm. Um, but Deep Zoom, give us a little. It's overview Deep of Zoom. That. It's people just go to memo.hardrock.com. I'm sure I've talked about memo. this before. Yeah, Mem- you have. It's memo yeah. simply because it's also memorabilia, but I can't spell memorabilia. So we have a <laughs> shortcut called memo.vertigo.com. That's what they call the stuff up on the walls. It's all legit. I mean, it's the real deal. And they've got probably 100,000 pieces of, of memo on the yeah. walls in every hard rock and you, in the world. Deep zoom means you can, you, you zoom into like a, you have all the pictures or the items. You deep zoom into the, the button on Ringo yeah. Starr's lapel. Well, we, and that goes into an entirely different 
photo and you can just keep going. Well, we took about, there's about 1400 choice pieces of their, their basically it's their brand. It's, it's their, yeah. it's the reason that hard rock is who they are. Mm-hmm. And it's a very important experience for them. And they, and you know, we can't all go to the Orlando warehouse. I've been there. It's pretty cool. Actually, that was the Badana Bustier from uh, the Vogue tour. I, well, I didn't put it on. <laughs> I held it up for a photo, but um, it's pretty cool. It, it's that's amazing the, that's stuff. That's the, the cones. Yeah, right? the cone thing. Yeah, the exactly. cone thing. Oh, the cones. Okay. Yeah. Well, that was. This is just one of the side perks of being Scott's friend because he asked me if I wanted to go along for the ride, and and we basically went to the Hard Rock Cafe's warehouse of memorabilia. The stuff they're not showing. Yeah, yeah we, saw well, we went John into Lennon's the the linen room. Right, right. Yeah. There's a special John Lennon. Room for for VIPs, and um, we and got a nice tour of that. There, like yeah. the white piano was in there, absolutely, and then that special couch and the love painting. It was very cool. Um, so it was special, and and the, the fact is, you know, we won a um, two uh, Webby nominations. Did we win it? I think we won it. Can't remember. But for music Webby. and for photography, so yeah. Webby for music and photography, which mm-hmm. is pretty cool. So what you're seeing is that the technology that we have access to collectively with Silverlight, when applied to the right kind of you know, content or brand, we can make some really great user experiences. And, mm. and this is, this is one of the things that's been really fun about, um, Silverlight and where we've come in our history at Vertigo is that we've been given this opportunity to make these great experiences and stories. Whereas before we couldn't do it. We couldn't do it because we don't do flash. So we were cut off from that really cool, rich media stuff that right. you could only do with flash. This combination of Silverlight and Deep Zoom fascinates me. Like, I mean, I, I appreciate the, the hard rock work mm-hmm. and what you've done there. Do you, you can imagine if someone took the time to take detailed photographs of every inch of the mm-hmm. Great Pyramid, mm-hmm. you know, top oh, to wow. bottom, inside and out, all the little nooks and crannies. Wow. Deep Zoom should be able to composite all of that, and and you would have a better experience exploring yeah. that way than actually. I mean, I've mm-hmm. been there. Mm-hmm. It's uh, not an easy place to get. No, to. that'd be that'd be a lot of photos, and they would all pretty much look the same. But yeah, they'd all be sort of vaguely sand colored. Th- there's a technology from the same group at um, Live Labs that built Photosynth, which right. is Photosynth, the yeah. which is how you stitch these photos together and using geospatial coordinates. Mm-hmm. Um, there are we had a conversation with the Smithsonian, and one of the, they're the curator of of American culture, right, mm-hmm. and. And they have a directive from their um, from from the boss to do a very high resolution detail, um, you know, history of, of all the items they have. Wow! And there are items in their collection that they're going to lose. There, yeah. for instance, there's some Native American artifacts that are going back to the Native American reservations, and they will be buried, and then we lost to history forever. Right. So mm-hmm. they're using some very advanced technology like Deep Zoom or other. Other other really cool tomography, like to get multiple angles, different light sources. It's amazing stuff to 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 capture this before we lose it. Well, also recognizing that so much stuff is not on display. Yeah, oh, you, it's you just went to like warehouse of stuff yeah. at, at, for Hard Rock, but well, the Smithsonian has it's Raiders of the Lost Ark buildings. Yeah. yeah, piles of boxes of yeah. of important things that right. nobody's mm-hmm. ever going to see. Yeah, so now we've got a chance to take all this you know, the physical material and put it on the web in such a way. Now people mm. at some point, you know, it's expensive to do, it's expensive to host. And, you know, at some point someone's going to realize how to make money with all this technology and it's probably going to be advertising. It's what we did with uh, actually in the, the Olympics. A lot of yeah. people talk about the video experience. We had over 70,000 photos curated from AP and Getty hmm. um, in all these different galleries that became a deep zoom photo experience that was monetized by NBC with advertisements, mm. but it was a really good experience. So you could, you could zoom in and get this incredible detail on the, the, the gold medals themselves and just all the really cool sports moments. We talked about this on a previous show. So I don't want to, I want to talk about Scott's history a little more in a, but we do have to talk about that amazing camera setup that you used to photograph. Uh, I think it was. A guitar, maybe it was, yeah, it was uh, a, Bo Diddley's guitar. Yeah, it was Bo Diddley's guitar in San Francisco. Well, it's just a, it was a Canon 20D, and I swear to God, we probably like a, talked about this. So, but yeah, we every did. one of the cars turning the radio off right now, but all these people can't leave, so I'll tell you. <laughs> just tell them about the technology well, it's, it's and a, how it's set up. Well, well, the idea is, you know, it's a it's a panoramic photo, but we did the panoramic not in just one dimension, the X dimension, we did it in the Y dimension as well. So, the the rig is from real, uh, Really Right Stuff? Yeah, Really Right Stuff in San Luis Obispo. They're made there. There's these beautiful machined um, tripod mounts that you can mount a camera to and spin it perfectly over the, not the focal point of the lens, but it's called the, there's a term for it. But you can you can then have this perfect panorama in two dimensions. And we took a grid of eight by seven images and eight by seven is 56, right? Yeah. 56. So we took, we had 56 10 megapixel images that we stitched together to create this really so nice So basically image. it moves on a, 
on a you know robotically and well picture or something <laughs> no like it was that. this was by hand but there are uh, oh, really? a company called gigapan that has the robotics yeah. but we did it by hand it's fine as long as you have enough overlap yeah. the very first one we did is of my kitchen so somewhere floating out there there is a really high resolution image of my kitchen <laughs> and there's a fish in the corner of it that <laughs> recently deceased fish so now i have a i have a record of them but yeah, all right fine. now that we're a little fascinated we want to hear the story we've never really talked about your story of how you got into the business and how you got into software? Sure, I it's mean, well, it's pretty short. I, you know, yeah. I can. I, I'm not as. Uh, I mean, Richard and I are the same age, but he started building circuit boards when he was eight. You know, when well, we, I was 13, I had a TRS-80. That's really all I can say. Yeah. Well, we all got in it for the same reason. Yeah. For the girls. women to meet girls. Absolutely, girls. Yeah. yeah. It worked really well. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Now I started in seventh grade instead of a trash 80, which I say affectionately, by the way. Yeah, yes. yeah of course. <clears throat> it was an Atari 800. Yeah, yeah, and um, you're one of those people. Oh yeah, well I'll never forget. I was in seventh grade. This was in Germany, so I was, my dad was in the Air Force, so we traveled around a lot, and we're lucky to have a lab of Atari 800 computers. Mm. And um, my math teacher said, "Yeah, you should check them out, but you need a boot disk. You have to boot the computer." And imagine, you know, the seventh grade brain. I'm thinking, I have to boot a computer. I'm right. literally thinking a cowboy boot right. to a computer. <laughs> yeah. and, and I knew it's in the nonsense. back of my mind that wasn't that the right way right. to do it. So, um, at the time, Byte Magazine was the, was the magazine. And we would get them about a year late. For some reason in Germany, in West Germany at the time, we'd get all the $2 bills, Susan B. Anthony's, but we had no pennies. Apparently, there was a shortage of, of copper here in the States. Um, and we also got technology about two years late, along with the movies. Hmm. So, um, so we boot up the computer, it says ready. And apparently, you have to type in source code. So I typed right. in the source code and later I went to my, my professor or my professor, geez, seventh grade algebra. I asked him why it wasn't working. He said, well, this is something called pseudocode. <laughs> pseudocode didn't work back then. So, you know, it kind of progressed from there. And I think the first working application we took, I modified the source to an app. So when you hold down the shift key, your points double. Ah, very it was nice. a game. Yeah. So I'd play against my friend and I'd miraculously always beat him. So <laughs> dubious origins. Um, fast forward, you know, went to Cal Poly in San Luis Obispo on the Central Coast. Great school. And um, eventually, 1986, there was a cover of Discover Magazine, which might still be around. Yep. And it was a cover of a billiards table and the balls were being scattered. And with this nice, it was just a beautiful shot. And it turns out it was made by a computer. Hmm. And it was made by a piece of software called Renderman from a company called Pixar. And this is when I graduated in uh, high school. I'm like, wow, that is beautiful. It's amazing. And I thought, I would love to do that stuff. And mm. long story short, found my way back up to the Bay Area at one point and um, literally pulled into this town based on a recommendation from a friend that it was a good boating community. You could race sailboats, and I was into that at the time. Turned the corner, and there's a sign that says Pixar. And it was literally a complete coincidence. I, I'd lost touch with that company. And this was, you know, years later after I graduated. And I'm like, I remember that. I want to live and work here. Mm. So, is, is it, was this Richmond? Yeah, Point Richmond. This is mm. Point Richmond. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's Canal Boulevard, and um, and that's where found Pixar a, is. Yeah, and this, well, we're talking be. about the Pixar. Yeah, yeah. Well, of course, even at that point, I guess it wasn't really the. I, I was there was the I was came later. I was number I was there were only sixty five employees there at the time when I started. Um, How'd you get the job? I pestered them, <laughs> um, I, literally, because they were doing a product at the time called Typistry, which is oh. a way to take the Renderman technology and make it so you could type stuff in and render in 3D. Um, because people don't have 3D modeling tools. It's really hard to, to create a good-looking 3D model. Right. But everybody has 2D models, and it's called type. So you could take a two-dimensional model and extrude it in 3D and add a nice bevel, set up some light sources in a very constrained way, and render it. and look beautiful. You can do some nice animations. And this is the same rendering engine that's behind virtually every major motion picture movie today that uses... Hmm. Know, you know, uh, advanced rendering. Renderman. Yeah, it's wow. Renderman. So I got to, I just kept calling him like, look, I'm in town. You need Windows. There's this thing called Windows 3.0, which just came out recently. Mm. I happen to know it. And so I wheedled myself into a job. Wow. And um, was there um, uh, pre-stock options <laughs> left before that, <laughs> oh, which is probably good because I wouldn't have started Vertigo. But it was it was there I, I got to experience this kind of left brain, right brain um experience of what it was like to live in an organization yeah. that had creative types, not that software is not, but it's in a different way, and, and engineering. In fact, the company was split down the middle, yeah. and uh, it was our, um, animators on one side and engineering on the left. So I was mm. on the render man side, mm. and it was a fascinating experience. My boss had an Academy Award even back then. It was early on. Wow. 
and um, got to work on some cool stuff. And that was really my first experience with Microsoft. And at the time, it was the Developer Relations Group, DRG, and which yeah. eventually became what we know as Developer Platform Evangelism, or DPE. Mm-hmm. And the DRG group really was interested in Microsoft, um, Pixar <clears throat> adapting their technology mm-hmm. for Windows. Because Pixar was mostly using, what was it, Sun back then? At the time, it was Sun. It was yeah. mostly, they were doing commercials and short films like yeah. Luxo Jr. and Redstream. Mm-hmm. And um, Tin Toy was the really big one. And um, <clears throat> they were coming to us and said, you know, here's some tools. And it'd be great if you used our tools. And can we get screen credit and stuff like that? <laughs> <laughs> um, Just trying to be visible. Yeah, exactly. Right. So uh, uh, some early experiences there. And this is where the... Everything came full circle. I had a dual processor, a dual CPU, 486. Wow. Oh, my gosh, really? Which was really weird and painful, especially at the time because we're making the transition from 16-bit programming to 32-bit. Right. Remember thunking? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Remember thunking? I thunk, I remember. 132S? So we were, because RenderMan's a 32-bit platform, and so it was very painful. So I had a fast computer, but it still took forever to link and compile RenderMan. So this is... I just remember how I... I feel how odd it is now that I look fondly back on the days when Windows 95, the first 32-bit operating system I experienced, and thinking how much more stable it was, you know? <laughs> I think we had lower expectations. Yeah, we had much... Well, well that, that 46 had a faulty hard drive. And, like, the, the drive wouldn't get out of neutral or something. And, right. And, like the, and so I kept a ski... I literally had a ski boot in my office... So when the drive, when the computer wouldn't boot, what would I do? You'd hit it. I'd hit it with a boot. Yeah, you'd boot the drive. <clears throat> exactly. See, so I it's took like the it's pull awesome. cord off of a lawnmower for mine because that was those old MF, those yeah. old Seagate twenty series MFM drives, and they'd get a flat spot in the motor, and if it stopped there, it wouldn't start. And all you had to do was spin it a little. So I eventually just hooked the lawnmower puller to it. So I had it sticking out of the front of the case. Right, you turn the computer on, That's you pull awesome. the cord. Right. Yeah, that <laughs> is. I got a Polestar computer. <laughs> what? It's, it's like sounds like steampunk yeah. computing. Yeah, I can't tell you how satisfying it is to to whack the side of your computer with a big heavy ski boot. I love that in a constructive I love way. That. Yeah, yeah, I had to do it for science. <laughs> I love that. Had to. Well, the other thing that was fun about you know it's what Visual Studio is as old as Vertigo. They've both been around for thirteen years. Right. And but at the time back then it was you know separate products and um, I remember the linking of RenderMan took so long that we erected a dartboard in my office. So we would do a compilation you know every six hours or something and I'd invite a few of the engineers over for a game of darts while we waited for it to link. So we ultimately created a, a, a Pixar dart team because wow. of that. And eventually it came out with something called incremental linking, which completely killed our dart league. <laughs> so I'm, I'm very, my dart game suffered because of a feature in visual studio, C plus plus ruined wow. everything. Yeah. So <clears throat> that was a good experience. The, that was the first time I think it was 93 or 94. I had an opportunity to use a piece of software as a consumer, a user, and it was mm. Microsoft Publisher 1.0. Ouch. Yeah, wow. And it's, uh, of course, it was good. It was, it was kind good. of a revelation of a yeah. product, but it had its issues. I think you were thinking of project, which not project. No, P. no, yeah, this is like prints like greeting cards. And I had to yeah. do, I had to print something out for it's a baby like a shower wizard. or something. I'm like, so I take off my compiler hat and actually install and use a piece of software. And it worked. And it only took me like 15 or 20 minutes and did exactly what I wanted to. And so yeah. up until now, I, I had never, I'd only programmed and tinkered with computers. Because we were all, you know, we build stuff for ourselves and build right. our own tools. It's like yeah. nobody else in the world builds their own hammers, right. but we do. And so our experience with technology up to that point, or up until recently, has been in that mode. But to finally actually use a piece of software, it felt different. I, the fact that the fact is, I remember it, mm-hmm. and it was a positive experience. Yeah, I'm like oh, we can actually do things that help people get out of work early and not get in trouble for not printing out the flyer until the last minute. Yeah. So Steal their jobs from them. Yeah. Yeah, so great. so now, you know, we fast forward till now and this is not our world anymore. No. No, it's everybody's world. Yeah. And and that, that's the thing that concerns me, that we still build software and like we're whacking hard drives on the side with a boot. And <laughs> so I, we got a long way to go on that. Well, you know, the .NET, obviously you were in it at the very beginning. How long have you been a regional director? Uh Gosh, it's Dev Days. It's probably I don't know, like two thousand ninety nine or ninety eight. Yeah, it's probably about that's the about same the, time. That's about the end of Dev Days, right around. Yeah, then. I think yeah. around then. So you did a couple of Dev Days too. As, yeah. as, as RDs, we our job was to present at Dev Days, and that was really the only requirement. Well, was now. it really to organize the Dev Days? Yeah, well, back yeah, then you, Microsoft you the didn't guy. have. Yeah, yeah, Microsoft didn't have an office in every city, right? So right. the regional director was sort of the regional guy that would 
would pull off dev days, would find the local talent and, and yeah. you'd have all those computers shipped to you and you'd right. get it all set up. That was, that was what you did. But now, of course, you know, our job is to, uh, talk to as many people as we can about technical things. And, uh, they, they, they grade us on that. But so you've been around since .NET 1. What were you mm-hmm. doing, uh, prior to that? Wow. Microsoft wise. Trying to remember. We did the very first ASP website for Scott Guthrie. Hmm. The I buy spy stuff. Right. Oh, right. right I remember yeah. that. Sure. Which, you know, eventually wound its way into .NET Nuke. Right. Yeah. It became .NET Nuke. That was in 99. I think they showed it at the PDC or something. Yep. They Back did. when it was just simply .ASP. Mm-hmm. And, uh, that it was, was cool. I remember the less than percent equals. I still remember that syntax, but. That's back when I used to program. I don't get to do that anymore. It was like a fake online store where you could buy spy gear and yeah, things like that. Kind of a tongue in cheek reference thing. application. Kind but of thing. funny thing is that we had a, you know it's a spy tongue in cheek store. So what do you think of when you're coming up with like a little logo or brand for it? You think of oh, a hat you know the black hat yeah, fedora. Yeah. Well, guess what? After we shipped it, we got a letter from oh, who is it? Mad Magazine. No, no, spy no. The, the, the Linux guys. Red Hat. Oh, Red, Red Hat. Hat. We got we were we were sued. By Red Hat. Or at least me. threatened by Red Hat. No, it was a outright. They didn't even call and say, hey, it looks kind of similar. Kind of. So we just, I called them. Like, Are you, you got to be kidding me. This is like free source code software. So they were just protecting their trademarks. So we changed it. Oh, well. There you go. So I'm going to stick it to them. No are they still hats. around, by the way? Red Hat? They are? They're out there. Damn. I don't know what they do. Now they're going to come back at me with more money, more, more lawsuits. <laughs> Slander. I'm probably not supposed to talk that about it. guy's still in business? <laughs> Jeez. Thought we put him out a long time ago. Speaking of still in business, you know who's still in business? Who? Apple. Yeah. Guess what? What? Microsoft kept them in business. You remember that little I remember, that little yeah. deal? Remember right. that very 1984 moment where yeah. Jobs is on stage? Shaking hands with Gates. And, and, well, yep. Gates was on the screen. Oh, that was 84, but later, like in the 90s, didn't Microsoft give them a lot of money? A lot of money. Mo- yeah. A chunk of money. Yeah. yeah, because it made them look good in the eyes of the DOJ, I think. Yeah. Mm. Um, and today is a watershed moment for those of you that are... Microsoft platform developers. Um, today, Apple surpassed Microsoft in the S&P 500. In the S&P 500? Yes. Wow. Yes, it's a wake-up call. They have more cash than Microsoft. Which is mm. amazing because Microsoft holds on to a lot of cash. It does. So it's so in the 40s, 40-plus billion. Now, definition of cash, a companies of this large, and this, this with, when you start using Bs, doesn't necessarily mean they have it right away, but yeah. that's significant. So mm. when they ship... The iPad without Flash and as a side effect, Silverlight gets yeah. its collateral damage at that point. Um, they, you know, pretty much bless HTML5 at the same time. Mm-hmm. And um, it actually works pretty well. You have your iPad? I do. It's, Are you going to show us? Everybody's seen one. It has my notes on it. I'm trying to figure well, out what is show, the... Show the listening audience what they look like. I'm trying to figure out what the smallest possible travel package is. You say show the listening I audience. I said show the listening audience That's what nice. they look like. <laughs> <laughs> Hold the microphone up to the screen. Let's hear what that sounds like. Now, the weird thing is I, I used to work for Next as well, which is... So I've gone two of three Steve Jobs' computers. But remember, I grew up in Atari land. Right. And if you grew up with Atari, who did you hate? Steve Jobs. Yeah. Apple, yeah. the Apple II. Apple. We've got all the press, and yeah, but we had the up. antic chipset, and they both had 6502. So I grew up with this kind of irrational disdain for, for Apple. And um, what changed was the iPod. And it's basically the iPod's kind of the, the gateway drug. And you start with that, but you say, you tell yourself, no, it's all right. I'll use iTunes on Windows to manage my library. And then you look at the other people like, wow, they're not having synchronization problems. Mm-hmm. Maybe I should get a Mac. So then you start with a little MacBook. And now that's kind of nice. And well, maybe I'm just, let's try the Apple TV and see how that works. And then you do that. And then pretty soon your, your cupboard is overflowing with white cables and white headphones. <laughs> so, <laughs> so it's, it's a very easy path. And, yeah. and, and let's be honest, their hardware kicks butt. Finally. Yeah, it does. And, the, and once you run Windows 7 on it, and yeah, you, Windows and it, 7 you, runs best on a MacBook, doesn't it? it, it, it does, the keyboard sucks for programming. Yeah. Right? I'll tell you that. It's terrible use for another programming. Keyboard. But what you'll tell yourself, oh, I'll dual boot. Yeah. I'll just dual boot. Yeah. And then one day you'll find yourself not dual booting. And you'll say, I'll use parallels. Yeah. And I'll free up more space in my Windows 7 partition and run Windows 7 in a I've had a lot of problems VM. with parallels, though. And then at some point you'll just give up and give in. Yeah. And, and, and what happens is the digital life, your personal digital life works better on Apple than it does on Windows. Hmm. Your personal digital life, which to me is photos, video, music, Content that that means something to me. Part of it's because iLife is a very nicely integrated suite, and partly because Microsoft can't do that. 
they're, they're restricted from, from doing the, these things. But it really concerns me. Um, so I live in this conflicted existence of, of kind of a foot in both worlds. And I think, um, what it, for the folks here, it, you, you, we need to get out more. <laughs> it, it doesn't hurt to have Chrome and Firefox and other systems on your, com- on your computer. Right. Um, we can all be safe in the knowledge that. Sorry, are you okay? <laughs> he's, he's well, choking. By the way, were, were these guys he all. just can't swallow it all. Were yeah. they all frisked for handguns before they came in? Yeah. I'm, I'm afraid I might have a big target. Um, no, it, it's, it goes back to the point I had earlier where this technology used to be safely in our domain. I mean, God, when I was at, when I worked for Next, we couldn't send price quotes over the internet. Because uh, the internet was a, um, in a, you know, DARPA or ARPA or whatever, right. the thing yeah. that ARPA. Al Gore did. Yeah, he, um, got the he actually was influential, influential. Yeah, in he actually DARPA. fought for that. He got a bad Congress. rap. Yeah, yeah, he did. But yeah, but it used I, to be an, an, a non-profit, the educational yeah. government. So you did not conduct business over no it. And that was in, yep. that was 93. So yeah. it's not that long. And, and so, said, if it, by 1995, there was 2% of the domains were .com. By 1997, right. it was 60%. Yeah. That's pretty fast. Uh-huh. And in the, the early 90s, 90, 91, 92, the, like you said, there was, you did anything commercial on the internet and they were, they were all over you, but yeah. you could get any kind of sick porn that you wanted. That was fine. <laughs> but you try to sell lemonade. It was all an ASCII art. It. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I don't know. It really, the, look, everybody in this room, you're, you're here on a, what is it, Thursday night? On a rainy night, yeah. you're obviously committed to the platform, just like we are. We are incredibly successful with Visual Studio and Microsoft tools and technology. Mm-hmm. Um, that will continue to be the case for a very long time. Mm-hmm. I, I feel like the innovation and the competition will spur Microsoft to do Absolutely. great things, and they are. I think it already has. They got Windows hit. Seven out. Yeah, thank you. And you know, Silverlight, WPF, some of the best technology the, ever. The, come the out pace. Of I mean, let's be honest. We would all love to do nothing but WPF. <laughs> I mean, the, the w- doing web development. <clears throat> I am being cursed, aren't I? Mm-hmm. Um, web development is difficult as a programming model. We'd rather, I think, in general, the reach is great, but it's you can do great things in WPF. But now that there's becoming more parity with Silverlight, um, we're doing some amazing line of business applications. I mean, people know about the Olympics and Sunday Night Football, mm. but you don't know about the Bay Area Air Quality Management District, hmm. which manages air pollution in the Bay Area. And it's, we have built this beautiful app in Silverlight to help them pinpoint pollution and problems. So the, only the people that work for that organization like 30, see this app. There's like 30 rock star PhD chemical engineers that see this amazing app. Wow. <laughs> and it's, it's just as important to me as the video work that we do. Mm-hmm. Because at the end of the day, you know, if, if we can find a way to, especially when you build business apps, your goal is to get out of the way, to help yeah. the user solve a problem, right. go faster. And go home and watch the Giants game. Our right. guest down here is it Dodgers or Angels? Padres. 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 Yeah, I guess uh, we're. I hate all of you, actually. <laughs> <laughs> we actually got swept by the Padres. <laughs> we one hit the Padres and lost. That's never happened in the Giants' history. We gave up one hit to the Padres and we lost. Anyway, sore subject. Uh, <laughs> Talk to me. I'm from Vancouver. We're we could, playing Los Angeles right now in the in uh, the hockey tournament. Oh, that's right. I know right. something about hockey. Cups. We went to a few hockey matches. We went to a few hockey games together. We got to... And that, they use the black thing. It's right? a little black like, thing, yeah. some sticks. Yeah. yeah. Richard and I... and um, They use it kind of like a baseball bat, but yeah. it's you down it's low bent. and it's bent at yeah. the end. Yeah. Richard and his family was gracious to um, provide a space for me and my son to come up to the Olympics. So I went up with Tim Huckabee and... Stephen Forte medicine. We had a good time wearing our jerseys. You're wearing your red colors. I, 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 yeah. So the, you'd have the American jersey and the Canadian jersey sitting beside each other at a hockey game, which is dangerous. intense. Yeah, that was, was cool. Little, <laughs> it was something. That was cool. They still sold American beer. Yeah. Well, it's cheap. Yeah. I know. It's, it's mostly water. Hey, I got, yeah. s- <clears throat> I got something for you guys. Okay. So I knew. So by the way, I, I have to tell you for the audience at home, what, what is this yeah, bag? Yeah, what is that bag? It is, is, is that a Windows, That's a 7, Windows bag? 7 bag? That's a Windows 7 bag. I brought a Windows 7 bag to kind of counter the evil on the Apple side, okay? So, <laughs> I've got a Windows 7 bag, I've got an Apple bag, but this is the Windows 7 launch party bag. Oh. Yeah. That, wow. Like we had a launch party. We had an over. official Windows 7 launch party at Vertigo. It was awesome. Yeah, so, um, since you guys are embarking on this crazy road trip, I have something for each of you. Okay. Oh, and wow. they're snacks. So, they're this snacks. is... snacks. So, be- because... Um, Richard is from Canada. He probably does not have access to the finest American road trip food. Combos. Combos. <laughs> well, I don't Combos. know what this is. See? 
Dude, so you introduced me to poutine. I you, did. Do, yes. you, do you know what heartburn is? Yeah. There it is. I mean, right, in a bag. Awesome, right? Heartburn in a bag. Okay, that's right for there. you. Uh, no. Indigestion in a bag. That's and, what that is. And Carl, because I know you have a predilection t- uh, for very fine whiskey, I got you. This is my favorite. Oh, I, be- I thought he was going to bring out some whiskey. I'm like, <laughs> he's got potato chips. This here. is Jim Beam flavored sunflower seeds. Wow. More good road trip food. Thank you. Yes. Yes. I literally have a case of that in my office. Why do you have a case of that? Because it takes a long time to get drunk on sunflower seeds. (laughs) Wow. Thank you, buddy. Uh, You'll be on a long road trip. I didn't bring you anything. This portion of .NET Rocks is brought to you by our good friends at Telerik. We've been blown away by the uptake and the quick adoption of Silverlight. It's no secret, though, that the platform didn't provide for consistent integration with the web analytics services. Well, not anymore. As you might have already heard, Microsoft announced its Silverlight Analytics Framework, which solves the above-mentioned problem. But what's also interesting is that Telerik already provides support for the framework. Telerik's the first UI components vendor to offer handlers for the Silverlight Analytics Framework. Using RAD controls for Silverlight, you can immediately benefit from the advantages of the platform and start tracking the statistics of your applications. You can read details and download the handlers at Telerik.com Silverlight. And hey, don't forget to thank Telerik for supporting .NET Rocks on their Facebook fan page, Facebook.com Telerik. You've done some demos for Mix in the past. Mix, you do a lot PDC, of, yeah, Mix, PDC. Yeah. Well, we know a lot of folks at Microsoft. We've been around for 13 years and... We go back and we probably have got a thousand contacts. So let me just ask you this. Visual Studio 2010 and .NET 4, out of Mm -hmm. all that's new in Silverlight 4, Mm -hmm. what is is the coolest thing you've seen? Funny you asked. Because while we were in your party bus, literally, Carl and I were partying and I sent out an email to my developers and I compiled the results. I said, what are your favorite... Um, what's it called? Visual Studio? What are your favorite? <laughs> <laughs> what am I hawking? What are your favorite Visual Studio 2010 features? And one guy said the beautiful blue background. So <laughs> I'm going to keep that one out. No, that's how you have design oriented developers. Yes. There. What about you? Your, your so, favorite features? Really? Actually, no, the one I like, do you remember? <laughs> so in, I like IntelliTrace because I think I had a hand in naming that. There was a call with Dave Midland, yeah. and he was talking about the black box for crashed apps. And there was a regional director's call, and he was saying, like, what do yeah. you guys think we should call it? Well, they already had IntelliSense. Why not IntelliTrace? Mm-hmm. Nice. So that's my favorite feature. Okay. That and Cider doesn't suck anymore. Yeah. We finally have a surface for designing yeah, the sur- Silverlight design and, and XAML, great, right? which is pretty cool. The, the number one feature in the devs are the multi- multiple monitor. Which is yep, yep, which real is multi monitors, which is interesting because I only provide them fourteen inch monochrome XGA <laughs> CGA. So I think that was Hercules, a hint, right? Hercules, Hercules graphics. That was That's it. You're looking for Hercules. Yeah, we had a, in my first company out of college. We had a single computer with an extra Hercules monochrome adapter. The Hercules yeah. monochrome adapter is the reason I wear glasses today, ladies <laughs> yeah. and gentlemen. That Take was the most out. coveted. I I would be yeah. curious to say what is the the specification of a developer's rig at Vertigo. Oh, wow. Um, Great question, right? Mm. Yeah, that is a good question. It's, uh, well, it can never be fast enough. I mean, you can yeah. always go. There's no such thing as too much horsepower. That's right. There's no such thing as enough RAM, apparently. Yeah. Um, now that we can all pretty much run 64-bit, which is good. Right. But it's it's easily. SSD I got to be drives. careful because if I'm wrong. No, we haven't gone to SSD yet, um, but that's probably the next round mm-hmm. for, for boot. What about the displays? How much screen space? I mean, you, you joked about the 14-inch monochrome displays. But yeah. What, what are you equipping them with? Dual or uh, triple 19 inch, 21 inch Samsungs. The I've got the big, ones, I've got the, yeah, it's like 1600 by the something. 1612. It's okay. kind of a commodity. So we buy it on demand is what right. we need. We just see what's the latest, but definitely two, especially now because the multiple monitors. Mm-hmm. But w- I found that one very large monitor doesn't work too well. Yeah. Um, because you need those physical yep. spaces to park information. Especially because stay there. applications go full screen from yeah. time to time. And oh, what's really nice is you can debug Silverlight full screen now because you can park it on a monitor. Yeah. But that's, uh, so that plus, I don't know, four gigs of RAM and at a certain point, uh, it's just, it's kind of a lot. Right. I mean, it's uh, kind of a lot. Yeah. I mean, see, CEO speaking here. I kind of forgot. I can tell you our, our real IP at Vertigo is probably not what you think. What it really is, is a list in order of about 40 applications that we install mm-hmm. every quarter. Every quarter we have a new developer image. So we have a new developer join Vertigo or designer. We have two images. 
you can boot off the network and image directly from the, the Windows installer. Right. So in 45 minutes, you have a repaved machine, and we have a folder somewhere that says 01, Visual Studio, 02, Service Pack 1, Folder 3, and it just goes all the way through. So we'll pre-install that. And knowing the right order in which to lay down right. all these bits, yeah. it's complicated. I mean, yeah, we, you really have to install things in the order which they were released, yeah. usually. That's Pretty much. So that's... You know, it's but uh, yeah, also in the order of dependency, right? Yeah, it, it is fairly tough, and yeah. and part of the problem is this: all this with the work you're doing, like in Silverlight, it's all out of band. Yeah, you know, it's oh, not it is in it's, any of the other installs. We have a separate beta tree, so you have this stable stuff first, and then you just add the beta bits on top of it. So when a new drop comes out, you can repave and then drop the new beta bits on. So you right. have stable plus beta. Because often when you guys are doing these projects, like iBuySpy, it revs every day. Yeah. Silverlight. At one point, it was changing. yeah, especially for Windows Phone Seven, we did. Net, I showed Netflix smooth streaming um, on stage at Mix on the Windows Phone. Mm-hmm. We also did Shazam. And that was a... I mean, imagine we're, we're developing this, and we don't even have a phone. We didn't have design guidelines. Mm. They said, go look at a Zune HD. Right. Which, by the way, can I, I tell you, I hated the original Zune. In fact, I carved mine out and made it a business card holder. <laughs> you carved all the yeah. guts out of your Zune. We literally pulled the guts out, and I used a Dremel to cut a slit out of the top <laughs> so I could put business cards in. <laughs> But the Zune HD is very nice. But, very nice machine. But even yeah. better, the best piece of software I've seen lately is the Zune application for Windows. The okay. Zune app plus the the pass, the all-you-can-eat music pass, I forgot mm-hmm. what it's called. Very cool idea. Great mm-hmm. business model. Mm-hmm. You know, innovation's not dead. It just takes a while to find the good ones there. Well, and, you know, you sort of casually mentioned about Apple with the iPod. And I always thought the iPod was an okay MP3 player. Mm-hmm. But the deal that that uh, Jobs made, the way that he was able to sell music is it surprised everyone. the iPod yeah. successful. You're right. You're right. You, it's right. the business model that's the big deal. You're right. Well, and, then everybody wants to be the gatekeeper. Well, and it turns out they are now uh, yeah. because of iTunes. Not only are they, they the, the music business loved them, loves them because, I mean, he got a sweetheart deal by essentially saving the industry by getting them away from Napster. Right. Yeah. And, I, you know, I know they're pumping a lot of revenue back yep. to the music industry. Mm-hmm. Yep. It's still piracy. I think they get 40 points or something. Yeah. Yeah, but um, then so we got music, and then movies and TV shows. Who thought of buying TV shows? Yeah, you know, I caught up on I've Glee. A couple on the yeah. the way back from Dev Connections, I bought the season premiere of Glee. It's two bucks. Can yeah. watch on the plane. Yeah, it wasn't very good, by the way. I like Glee, <laughs> but the new pilot, nah, not so good. Um, and then now we've got bookstore, which yep. competes with Amazon. I love my Kindle. Love my. I'm, I'm not my reading Kindle. on. I'm not yep. reading on here yet. The DPI is too low. Mm-hmm. Backlit mm-hmm. doesn't work too well. Mm-hmm. But um, then we'll have magazines. We've got comic books on it. So content. It's all things that matter to you. Won't necessarily matter to me, but you can get it. And I'll be damn sure if Apple's going to want you to drive everything through iTunes. Yeah. So a couple of years back, we did a .NET Rock show with you on the aesthetics of software development, talking mm-hmm. about you know design and things. I know that you're very design conscious because you you're a right brain guy like like me. And are there any really good books that you can recommend on design? When you go and you see something like, look at this room. Yeah. This room is just nicely designed. You know? It is. I actually, this is pretty geeky, but it, when you guys leave, if you want to see a great example of you got in your hand of design. That, is that your iPad mini? It's just a... F- <laughs> <laughs> With wings. It's just a phone. There's a... <laughs> the, the things that I like, and, and this is a tip for, for, for you guys out there. There's this table out there made by... Let me see if I can zoom in. Um, out there? Yeah, the just lobby. out in the, in the lobby called Verstacci. It's some Italian expensive table. But it's this beautiful technical table. They're out there. It's probably what you your pizza on. But I was looking at it because, you know, it's one of the things as a CEO of a software company, you have to buy furniture. Um, by the way, you do get Aeron chairs. It was yeah. pretty kick-ass at Vertigo. So everybody's got Aeron chairs. Everybody gets an Aeron, <clears throat> but, but only four gigs of RAM. Is it now only? <laughs> oh, no. It used to be a big deal. It's yeah, no, only. Okay, maybe it's eight. <laughs> Maybe it's eight. Let's go with eight. Should be eight. At you just cost eight. me a lot of money. Yeah. Because <laughs> so. if you were really serious, it'd be sixteen. Absolutely sixteen. Who would never? Who would ever need more than forty-eight kilobytes? But it's okay because it's only <laughs> six hundred forty. Sorry, it's only a quarter a gig now, so don't worry about it. Virtual machines. So we're going to yeah. have to ask you to leave if you can't control yourself. <laughs> <laughs> so um, yeah, take a look at this table. It's very technical. It pivots up. It's beautiful. It's functional. It's the combination of those two things. Mm-hmm. It's, it's beauty and function. It's form and function. And you're asking about what books? Read Why Buildings Stand Up. And yeah. then buy the second book, Why Buildings Fall Down. And you'll learn about the risks that engineers create to society, mm. yet at the same time learn some great things that we can do, like like build this beautiful auditorium. Well, That's less of a design book, more of an engineering book. Yeah. But 
I learned a, some a good lesson there. It's like any engineer can build a, build a bridge that stands up. Mm. It takes a true engineer to build a bridge that barely stands up. Barely now, stands up. Now that wow. is a very profound thought because it brings to bear the business aspect of bridge building or in our case of software building right. and doing to what's just job. enough. And I, I like that because it appeals to my, my, my agile sensibilities. The, the thir- and, third part of it, my artistic friend, is and is also beautiful. That's right. right. There's a certain amount of beauty in cutting away countless options, dialogues, and preferences, mm-hmm. and unused toolbars, and that's that's what we see in software. I mean, also the Brooklyn Bridge is gorgeous too. Yeah, and it looks really complex, but at the time it was a engineering marvel, and still is. Right. So it looks it's complex, also heavily overbuilt. That's right, because they didn't know. At they the didn't time. know, and you you erred on the side of, of caution right. there. Now, I look at the, the the couple of new bridges that were just built in Vancouver, and you're like, I don't know how that stays up. Yeah, yeah. it's this amazing span of steel and concrete and cable, and it's. And I, I think software is the same way. First, you must make sure the cars get over the bridge. <laughs> yeah, right. That's first, yeah. right? Then see if you can get some, you know, the talent is making that beautiful and, and efficient at the same time. So do you think that the left-brained classic developer Asaurus has, you like that one? <laughs> developer Asaurus. <laughs> has any, uh, is, is able to grok the design aspects on the right brain with with training with the proper training and that maybe that training would be have nothing to do with software maybe it's just design well it's not training those good developers are doing it every day when they refactor Mm -hmm. it's 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 allowing yourself to sketch ideas and code but forcing yourself to go back and make it smaller and tighter and you know it when you've designed something beautiful because you get up and go tell another engineer yeah because you want to show off your work and i guess i'm talking about user interface now and design of user interface. Yeah, there's no hope there. User experience. <laughs> yeah. Don't, no. don't. Yeah, well, so, some advice. Hey, go to an Apple store Tuesday at 2.30 in the afternoon. Well, the answer is... And, and, well, Apple, A, you'll Apple, be surprised. Apple. I mean, many, I love their well, UI. Well, it's inspiration. It is I, I, inspiration. I, I, like, I like... But, but if you want to I, I think design it. can be taught not with two, two developers, yeah. not in just the, the realm of software. So, one thing you'll find is there is, there is a very copious... Very copious. There's a large amount of design books in the market, yeah. and you can easily get lost in them. And yeah. let's let's be honest. We're not talking about desi- design. What what's design? I'm talking about interaction design. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're not User talking about experience. print design. Although print design is very interesting. Tufty is someone that has a lot to say about yeah. the technical side of print design. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's it's fascinating reading. And some of the concepts from Tufty make its way into products like Sparklines and the new version of Excel. Mm. Um, but we have to go beyond that and think about how how a person interacts with a piece of software over time. In the movie industry, that role is, is handled by the director. Right. So director's job is to tell a story from end to end. That's the cinematographer's job to make sure that the frames that you're looking at are, are beautiful. Yeah. But still the director's job to tell the story. So in the film business, I would say the analog is we're the cinematographers. Like we're very into lighting mm. and, and, and color balance mm. and shots and tracking. But it's the flow, kind of things too. that you don't notice when you watch a movie. No. Yeah. Um, but if done well, it's invisible. That's right. It's just beautiful. Now, it's Star Trek. The Star Trek motion pictures. Do you guys notice all the shots with, with the um, – they, they've purposely planted these really bright LEDs to get this lens flare. Whenever yeah. they're on the bridge, it was yeah. awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I was reading – and there's a cinematography magazine. I was reading an interview with the cinematographer, and they said, we're either going to be – people are either going to love it or our, our brethren are going to absolutely roast us because – Lens flare is not something that you do in cinematography. Yeah, that's, that. that's a it's very a it's a hackish thing, but it was so overblown. It was gorgeous. Yeah, so, they have to take it over the top. So the little things like that that can make its way bleed over into to the creative side. Um, I just look for inspiration. I take screenshots of things I like. More often than not, I take thing screenshots of things I don't like, like Tell very f- frustrating public signs and UI on the iPad that you really like, for example. Oh yeah, jeez, there's this gorgeous interaction when you select multiple items in your email and then to delete and as you're adding they they just kind of stack on top of each other but if you change your mind about one of them remember this is just a it's a linked list or it's probably just an array of mailbox ids right Mm -hmm. but you change your mind where you go and remove something from the array by unclicking it the animation takes the top pieces of paper folds them back and your 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 email slides back it it goes off screen off camera (laughs) wow and it's so subtle and it's not gratuitous right? because it reinforces kind of the physical model right. of what you expect to happen. Right. 
So if there's any, you can also read Donald Norman's book, um, The Design of Everyday Things, but just read the first two chapters. It's about the physical model and the mental model. And he's got a really good, and so that's a good example of like, I got a stack of papers and I don't want the one in the middle. I just lift the top ones off and drag the middle one out. Right. It's exactly what it does. So the, the physical model of the world that's around me on the computer is matching my mental model of how I expect it to work. Yeah, right. And that's not the case, for instance, when you're adding a printer to Windows 7. Mm-hmm. It's very crazy. Or Bluetooth. Yeah. Try yeah, yeah, pairing yeah. a Bluetooth. Design. Yeah. That's or try stupid. setting up a wireless access point with an SSID. Yeah. <laughs> so what's happening, there are companies coming out with easy-to-use SSIDs or mm-hmm. phones like the, not the, the Firefly phone. Brilliant. It's a very simple, when you open it, it has a ringtone. There's no camera. And to add a phone number to it, you press zero and you talk to a person and you tell them, I'd like to add Richard Campbell to my cell phone, please. And you read them the number. It's awesome. Wow, that's cool. It's a device I would recommend not to us, but to, you know, to people that didn't grow up embedded in technology like us. Right. Good stuff. Well, Scott, we're just about out of time. And uh, I'd like to thank you very much for coming here and in your rock star fashion that you did. It's just always great to talk to you. Scott Stanfield, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you. And we'll see you next time on .NET Rock! .NET Rocks is recorded and produced by Pwop Productions, providing professional audio, audio mastering, video, post-production, and podcasting services. Online at www.pwop.com. .NET Rocks is a production of Franklin's Net, training developers to work smarter and offering custom on-site classes in Microsoft development technology with expert developers. Online at www.franklins.net. For more .NET Rocks episodes and to subscribe to the podcast feeds, go to our website at www.dotnetrocks.com. Transmit a band by the FCC. Yes, I'm a, a